Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Top Docs Radio. Brought to you by Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia, a comprehensive wound resolution and UHMS accredited hyperbaric medicine practice with four offices to serve you. Find us on the web at www.hbomdga.com. Facebook and Twitter at HBOMDGA. Good afternoon, everybody. This is C.W. Hall, your host of Top Docs Radio and the physician liaison for Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia here in Atlanta. I'm very pleased to uh, have with me today two special guests. I've got Dr. Ellie Campbell of Campbell Family Medicine in Johns Creek, Georgia, and then I've got uh, Dr. Ken Anderson of the Hair, uh, Anderson Hair Sciences Center. And uh, just real quickly, why are we here? Our goal is to improve the level of health in our community by increasing awareness among both patients we serve and the physicians who provide their care. In our own practice, we recognize that in many situations, both groups are unaware of the availability of particular treatment or modality that could help with a particular disease state. So we're taking this opportunity to introduce both patients in, the, in, in our community as well as the doctors that serve them uh, to a variety of uh, specialists that provide a number of modalities and treatments that uh, maybe they weren't aware about before. And so hopefully we can put them together, have both of those groups be a little bit more aware of what they have available to them. And uh, in the end, we'll be able to improve the overall health of our community folks um, through a better utilization of the resources that, that they have uh, with them. So um, with that, I'll go ahead and uh, introduce my guest. I've got uh, just now joining us is Dr. Ellie Campbell. Good afternoon. Very nice to meet you. And Dr. Ken Anderson. Hey, thank you for having me. All right. Well, we'll get get right to it. We're just going to have a, a little bit of a chat and kind of feature both of these practices. Um, you know, I'll start with uh, with ladies today. And uh, Dr. Campbell, you're, you're a focus in family medicine in your practice. I am, but I have a really unique family medicine uh, practice. Our practice focuses on integrative, holistic, and functional medicine. So we try very hard to get to the root cause of what makes people sick, correct the root causes, and very often reduce or eliminate the need for medication. That was one of the reasons why I was really uh, excited to have you here because uh, Dr. Schwegman and I had a, had a chance to meet you a while back and learn a little bit about what you do. And, and um, you know, while many people may be familiar with primary care, they may not understand that there are some elements that are outside of your lab work and your vital signs that dictate how healthy you are. And beyond that, I think even the lab work ideal is not the same as normal. And there's optimal levels that we strive for that can be different. Same for blood pressure control. There's acceptable and there's ideal. And you get better outcomes when all of your measures are in the ideal range. So focusing on that is a huge part of our practice. So if if I um, come to your practice, you know, someone says, hey, you should meet Dr. Campbell, and I, I come to you as a new patient, you're, you're going to take a look at a lot more than just running some labs and doing some vital signs, maybe getting a little, you know, basic family history. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what you're going to be looking for. We do. Well, almost every expert organization will tell us that lifestyle measures are critical to wellness. When No matter what your disease state is, there's lifestyle changes that can and should be made first line in order to correct those issues. But they, it takes a long time to discuss those and review them and go over the details, and they're often overlooked. So besides the, the lab work, uh, one of my favorite things to measure is vitamin D. I cannot tell you how many cases of vitamin D deficiency I've discovered over the last eight years since we've been measuring vitamin D. 
thousands of cases of vitamin D deficiency. And vitamin D deficiency manifests not only in the obvious things like osteoporosis, but also in things like abnormal blood sugar control, abnormal blood pressure, a tendency towards autoimmune disease, a tendency towards um, cancer cells. So when we optimize vitamin D levels, we can often get people off their blood pressure medicine, often get people off their blood pressure medicine only with vitamin D. It's really quite a remarkable vitamin. So we're talking about aiming for blood levels 55 to 80, but the lab says normal is 32. Mm-hmm. So we have plentiful evidence to, to push it in the other direction. We also talk in our office, besides vitamin levels, we talk about sleep. Sleep is one of the most important wellness strategies that anybody can have, and we sacrifice this in our community. Very few adults get the necessary seven and a half to eight hours of sleep, and we spend a long time discussing sleep hygiene measures. We talk about stress reduction. We talk about diet. We talk about increasing the number of fruits and vegetables that you consume, recognizing that corn and potatoes are starches and not vegetables. Southerners get um, get you <laughs> know a meat and three veggies and and they and they count uh, cornbread, butter beans, and um, and uh, mashed potatoes as Mm-mm. their vegetables, and that doesn't quite cut it in a healthy diet. We all have place for those occasionally, but they shouldn't be the main staples. Um, exercise, exercise is good for everything that ails you, from depression to diabetes, from obesity to. Alzheimer's disease, exercise improves every parameter. So we spend a great deal of time in my office going over those details. And and, and for you know our listeners that are, are are just joining us, we're talking to Dr. Ellie Campbell of Campbell Family Medicine in Johns Creek, and you know we'll hopefully get to talk a little bit about uh, the the model that you provide your care in because it's unique in and of itself, and I think it's uh, something very exciting that uh, that I'll definitely want to get into the community so that more people can take a look at it, but. Um, you know, it, that is direct pay, you know, in terms of the way you provide your care. But, uh, you know, the, I learned that as I come into your practice as a new patient, I mean, I'm going to see you a whole lot to begin with because you're looking at all of these different things. So, uh, you know, you talked about vitamin D level. Now, is that a blood test that you would be That's doing? A simple is there blood a, test. a big assay of different things that you're going to be looking at yes. in addition to your regular chemistry? I do. I look at a big assay. I test every one of my patients for a specific genetic defect called MTHFR, methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. This is an enzyme that's important in the metabolism of B vitamins. B vitamins are one of the most important vitamins uh, in fighting stress. And who among us does not have a high-stress lifestyle? So if that vitamin pathway is impaired because of a genetic mutation, your ability to cope with stress and your ability to manage all the downstream things that B vitamins are important for are impaired. The people that see me very often have failed 10, 20, 30 other doctors in achieving their wellness goals, and this is often a a contributing factor as to why they failed, because nobody has previously identified some of these deficiencies in vitamins or in minerals or in uh, sleep hygiene or in genetic defects. I remember whenever I was first meeting you, you were talking about how you started out kind of in the traditional, you know, primary care model, and then you, you kind of expanded from there, you know, kind of I did. Well, how that happened for you. You know, I, I was um, the physician champion of a community health center. I was following the best evidence-based guidelines of the best organizations in our country, and I discovered that my patients got fatter, sicker more complications, more diabetes, high blood pressure was rampant, cancer was rampant, and I felt like I was failing in my mission as a physician because people were getting more prescriptions, but they weren't getting healthier. Right. 
And so I started my own personal journey to try to prevent that for my children when the Centers for Disease Control announced that children born in my children's generation is the first generation of Americans not expected to outlive their parents. Well, I've already buried my my parents. I can't imagine burying my children, and so I needed a better way. And that way, for me, turned out to be integrative and functional medicine because by looking for the root cause, and these are often underlying things that are contributory, lifestyle things, environmental things, toxins, exposures, uh, chronic infection. Chronic infection is an increasingly identified cause of many chronic diseases, especially autoimmune diseases, are triggered by chronic gut infections, things mm-hmm. like gut parasites, small bowel bacterial overgrowth, yeast in the, in the gut causing an autoimmune reaction. So until you are trained to look for those things, Heavy metal toxicity is not rare in our society. I was so. reading on Facebook your your note about chelation, um, and I found that pretty interesting. So, you know, before we're done here today, we'll have you talk about your website and your, you know, your Facebook, because I know that you're putting up a lot of information that people can go and learn about these things yeah. there. Um, so I, I really found it very interesting when you started talking about all these different factors, and it was one of the reasons why I felt like it would be beneficial to have you here. Um, you... You limit in, in your practice being direct pay since I don't – that means I don't work with insurance, right? Correct. Can, can just, you know, real lightly, so, you know, because I mean, I'm sure we can run a whole show probably we on the direct pay model. We could run a whole model. show on the direct pay um, model. But, you know, I just wanted to kind of give people just a little bit of an idea. I mean, what is direct pay? What does that mean, you know, right. and, and how does it relate yeah, to your Yeah, so practice? the most important question when people hear me speak is, oh, my gosh, I love what you have to say. I'm sure you can help me. My other doctors haven't. Do you take XYZ insurance? Right. And the answer to the question is no. Um, Most doctors that practice functional medicine uh, do not accept insurance because most of what we do is not covered by the typical insurance plan. Some will offer a a split model where where they'll bill insurance for insurance billable labs, but many of the tests that we order, for example, uh, a heavy metal test, is rarely covered by any insurance plan. It doesn't It's a long and complex story why that happened, but it's generally not covered. So in my model, we operate under a direct care or membership model. So patients pay us a monthly membership fee, and they come to see me however many times is required in that month. Mm -hmm. Initially, the patients see me a lot, often every two or three weeks for the first three or four visits until we start identifying and treating and recovering from some of the triggering causes. And then over time, they need to see me less and less and less as we are eliminating their blood pressure medicines and their diabetes medicines and their asthma medicines. Then their need for their physician becomes much less. Mm -hmm. And I think of that as a win-win model. Of course. The sooner they get better, the less often they need me, but they continue to pay me every month. So um, they continue to have access. And they they continue to have unlimited access to me. And in my model, I keep my membership very small so that people do have my personal cell phone number. They have my personal email number. They have my home phone number. They know how to get me if if they're sick or need me for some reason. In your practice, if I'm your patient, how often are you going to see me? I mean, once we go through that kind of initial phase where yeah, I'm getting it, known and and it's and typical. We usually start with a, a big comprehensive annual exam, looking at everything from your EKG, your vision and hearing, to your percent body fat, and then all those blood measures that we talked about. Um, then there's usually a two-week follow-up, and then a four-week follow-up, and then an eight-week follow-up. So most people are seeing me four to five times in the first three months, mm-hmm. and then after that, once or twice a year, we okay. hope. Okay. 
And and so with your practice, because you you touch on the fact that you know in the direct pay model, a lot of the providers or most of them tend to you know on purpose keep their patient census or the number of people that they're seeing on an annual basis kind of limited to a much smaller number than you would see in a traditional family practice or internal medicine group. So are you still taking new patients? I am taking new new patients. Uh, Yes, that's very true. The average census before the days when I accepted insurance was about 3,000 patients a year. Now I see about 300. And yes, I'm still taking new patients. I think we have 37 slots available until I would call myself full. Okay. And we're we're talking to Dr. Ellie Campbell of Campbell Family Medicine and located in uh, Johns Creek, Georgia. And, um, you know, Real quickly before we start talking with Dr. Anderson, let our let our listeners know. You know, you, you know, I talked about Facebook. You know, give us your your, your online presence. Yeah, where my you, on, where we're, you found. At, we're at www.campbellfamilymedicine.com. We also have a Facebook page under Campbell Family Medicine. Um, you can reach the office. We're now in the Avenue Mall. Recently changed its name to the Collection at Forsyth in Cumming, Georgia. Oh. We're in the beautiful setting where the the shopping mall and movie theater are. Um, our office number is 678-474-4742 or campbellfamilymedicine.com. And definitely um, for for our listeners, I'll, I'm already linked up with you guys on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and so, if, you know, link up with us and you'll certainly find Dr. Campbell's information there as well. And I, I definitely would like to have you come back and, and talk a little bit more in depth about the direct pay model, just because I think that with the recent changes that we've experienced within uh, healthcare, uh, I'm sure there's probably going to be some growing interest in the direct pay model, um, both in, from primary care as well as more and more specialists as I, well. I couldn't agree more. With all the uncertainty in the healthcare model, it would be nice to be certain that your doctor will be there for you <laughs> no matter what. This is one plan where I can keep my doctor exactly. and, uh, and, and keep my plan. Okay. Well, thank you so much You're for, so for, for joining for... us today. And I'd li- I would like to have you back if you'll, if you'll take some time. That's great. Um, last Last but not least, we have Dr. Ken Anderson of the Anderson Hair Sciences Center here in Atlanta. It's somebody that we're familiar with through our practice, and uh, I'm very pleased to have you here today, Dr. Anderson. Hey, thank you very much for having me, CW. And, you know, when I was going on to your website, I'm not very well versed in uh, the hair restoration process. I, I, I was really impressed by the volume of information that I found there uh, on your website. And, uh, you know, take me through a little bit about, you know, your practice, what you do, you know, what, what are you going to do for me as a patient? You personally, we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, my name is Dr. Ken Anderson. Uh, my background is in ear, nose, and throat surgery. I also hold a board certificate in facial plastic and reconstructive surgery. Uh, in 2003, <clears throat> I started. Uh, pra- I decided in 2003 to confine my practice solely to the treatment of hair loss in men and women. I got my start in Beverly Hills, California. In 2008, I was recruited by Emory to be the chief of hair restoration surgery. Uh, I was I served that position for about three years. And then in 2012, I founded the uh, Anderson Hair Sciences Center. We are proud to have the first and only hair restoration surgery robot in the state of Georgia. And that is really bringing to our patients the highest level of technology available in the specialty. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before we got started today about your, your robotic surgery. Tell me, you know, for our listeners, a little bit more about how, how in the world can you use a robot to do surgery and why would you want to do that with regards to your hair replacement? Well, the, re- the reason hair restoration works is because the hairs on the back and sides of the head typically uh, are not sensitive to the hormonal factors that cause hair loss in the first place. So you can move that hair around anywhere on the human body. Uh, the first hair transplant was done in 1959 by Dr. Norman Orentrike, and he took some of his own hair from the back of his head and implanted it on the inside of his left forearm where there's no hair. 
Eight months later, he had gorgeous flowing locks from the inside of his left forearm, thus proving the theory of donor dominance. So I tell my patients, it's, it's, it's the, the, the trees, not the soil. The skin is fine. It's a hormonal reaction that, that you basically inherit from mom and dad, uh, and over time, the hair withers away. There's new technology that we have uh, both uh, surgically, as in the robot, and non-surgically to, uh, to stop the hair loss. Because unlike most, sur- unlike many surgeries, consider a tonsillectomy. I've done 252 tonsillectomies in my life. Uh, that's a curative surgery. Right. Those patients are not coming back uh, for to have their ton- for any tonsillitis issues because the tonsils are gone. Hair restoration is not a curative surgery. It's simply a redistribution of hair that you still have on your head. So it's, it's important, to, on the one hand, if you get the, the, the procedure, it's important to maybe take care of, of your current hair. But the robot is really the newest and most exciting thing, in my opinion, uh, in the specialty in some time. Around the turn of the century, hard to believe we can say that now, <laughs> but around the turn of the century went from the, the more the, the doll's hair or the pluggy look uh, into single follicular unit transplant grafts. And so that's w- essentially one hair at a time. However, the way we uh, would take the hair from the back and sides of the head is using a double-bladed scalpel device, and we'd remove a, a, you know, a thin strip of it from the, the center portion of the donor area, and then I stitch it up uh, you know, in a facial plastic surgical uh, closure. Those hairs are then dissected from each other under microscopes by surgical technicians and then implanted into the areas of need. However, that method of hair restoration leaves a permanent linear scar in the donor area. Now, the... the uh, field of hair restoration has kind of a black eye because there's a lot of, uh, you know, misinformation out there. There's very, very poor results from the 70s and 80s. But now it's a one hair at a time transplant. So I'm finding that because of the previous uh, stigma that hair restoration held, guys do not want to have any evidence on their scalp at all right. that a hair restoration has taken place. So the robot, it allows me, what I do is we trim the hair down a little bit shorter and uh, you sort of sit in this uh, massage chair like you're sitting up, uh, like you kind of see at the mall with mm-hmm. the little donut you put your face into. The robot is a sort of cart and has a, a six-jointed arm and two stereoscopic cameras. And 5,000 times a second, those cameras check their updated coordinates and allow the, allows the robot to see, if you will, in three dimensions. It then, in automated fashion, with taking the human element of error completely out of it, uh, it extracts one follicle at a time from the donor area. In this fashion, the hair around it grows back enough to cover all those tiny little, uh, tiny little wee scars, so that after a hair restoration with the robot, there is no evidence that a hair restoration has taken place. You can trim your hair very short. You can have uh, your girlfriend put your hair, her hand through your hair. You're not going to feel anything. There's nothing to see. There's nothing to feel. There's no worries. You don't have to be concerned about getting out of the pool. Nothing. It, it, it's a way to do the procedure without creating linear scars. And that's a real benefit for guys who may be in the military, have to cut their hair short. Uh, you know, I, as I mentioned, I was in California for a bit. I did a lot of uh, soap opera actors, other actors who, who you know, may have a role where we're going to have to shave their head real short. Mm-hmm. Then there were some, uh, you know, bounty hunters from Iraq and other people with the general need to keep their hair very short. So that really helps them, uh, uh, you know, have the hair restoration with, uh, without leaving the linear scar, the robot offers unparalleled accuracy and efficiency because it is just uh, it's it's a, a wonder to behold, really. You were you're commenting about how it takes the uh, the human element out yes. of it a little bit so that it's a little bit more accurate. Yes, every other device out there, like including the Neograft, which has done a lot of marketing. Uh, I know there are several other systems that are out there. 
every single one of them but the robot relies on human judgment. A person actually has to sit there and use uh, magnification loops, use their hand, and judge uh, on, a, on a tiny little piece of hair what where that hair is going in the skin. What is not so intuitive is that when the hair exits the skin of the scalp, it does not come straight out. Under the skin, there's typically a 10 to 15 degree angle change from from the exit angle of the scalp itself. So a human being can kind of, you know, you can get into a rhythm and kind of do it, but it's different all over the head. And there's a pitching analogy that I use. You know, can a, uh, a Cy Young winner, can he pitch, you know, um, Verlander? Can Verlander, can he pitch a uh, 100 strikes in a row? Sure he can. Yeah. Can he Can he pitch... A thousand strikes in a row, most likely. Can he pitch three thousand strikes in a row? Well, you know what? There's some maybe. I maybe who knows? But the ro- you know that's right. that's that's what I'm talking about with the human element. All the systems depend on that. The robot is a robot. It's a machine. It uh, the first graft is dissected and extracted as accurately as the last graft, even if we're doing a three thousand graft case. We're talking to Dr. Ken Anderson of the Anderson Hair Sciences Center located here in Atlanta uh, on Top Docs Radio. And I'm really excited because Brandon just let me know that we actually had a question on Twitter uh, about hair restoration. And they were asking if it uh, hurts. Does it hurt? Well, that's a, a, one of the main questions I am asked. The short answer uh, to that short question is no. There is, uh, it's not, it's a lot of people think since it's an outpatient procedure, you know, they think of, of course, the dentist that it's very difficult to obtain deep, uh, comfortable anesthesia in the mouth because you've got t- uh, nerves coming from within the teeth, from the both sides of the gums all over the place. They can kind of numb it up, but you've been at the dentist. They're drilling along and all of a sudden, oh boy, they hit a nerve and it hurts like crazy. The, the, the scalp is much different. The nerves run in very predictable layers. I do a little tiny nerve block. I use, uh, the, the neural gating, uh, technology in that I use, basically it's a vibrator. Mm -hmm. And the only part that hurts is when I'm actually using the tiny needle to inject the, uh, the local anesthesia (laughs) and I go real slow and I use this little vibrator. But after that, it takes about 30 seconds uh, in the morning and then about another 30 seconds in the afternoon to numb up the front. But aside from that, it's absolutely painless. Afterwards, my patients tell me, you know, it feels where the hair was taken from. If they have a strip, it feels like a bruise. If they have the FUE procedure with the robot, they report very no, very little pain, if any at all. They don't, I don't have them take Vicodin or any narcotic medications. They send them home with some Aleve. So it's really uh, not a very intense procedure. I used to ask patients because I do get a lot of word of mouth referrals. I, my clinic is much different in that, uh, you know, it's it's not a, it's just me. I, I we do one procedure a day. Uh, I do my own consultations. I do not let counselors get involved. Uh, I am not. You know, owned by uh, anybody. So I, I put the patients first, and that's why I sort of reached out to uh, to, to your practice for the hyperbaric uh, oxygen therapy, I think would be a, a nice feature for some of the patients who may be a little older and maybe may, above the age of 40, maybe have done some smoking in their lives and would like a hair restoration procedure. The hyperbaric medicine was a way that I thought would be helpful to my patients to increase the graft survival rate uh, to as close to 100% as possible. That's that's really exciting, and you know that's you know for me that was kind of how I came to to know a little bit more about you, and and uh, I was certainly pleased to get a chance to have you on here. And, and looking at your website, uh, it talks about you know the variety of measures that you can use for hair restoration. I mean, uh, do you more or less use the robot all the time, or how do you determine kind of what your approach is going to be for a given uh, patient's condition? Well, there's a section on my website called Peace of Mind, and selfishly, that's there for me because I need to know that my patients feel good about moving forward, uh, and so that's why I do my own consults, and really, it's it's about a patient's peace of mind. 
So in terms of determining which procedure you're going to use? Uh, and it really depends on what they, I, I do my own console. I'll ask them, do you, you know, they'll, they'll, sometimes they'll come in for the robot and they're say 55 years of age and they've been married for 30 years. I'll say, do you really care if you have a thin scar on the back of your head? No, he doesn't. So then maybe he might choose uh, the linear procedure. But for guys, uh, uh, it's typically for guys because you got to cut the hair short. Mm -hmm. uh, but for guys who simply don't, who like to wear short haircuts, who, who simply don't want any evidence of a hair restoration had taken place, the, the very best hair restorations in this country should fly completely under the radar and be totally unnoticed. I mean, you shouldn't, it, it's just not something that you, you should see. So it's kind of a, a subtle art, but, you know, the hair should look like it's always been there and not like somebody put it back. And that takes quite a bit of energy. And so that's why we limit the, uh, uh, the procedures to one a day, but I counsel my patients and help them to arrive at the the right decision for them that we can both be comfortable with. So you know, you talked about it. You know, maybe after I've had my procedure, it might feel like I had a little bit of a bruise or something mm -hmm. like that. But total re recovery time, you know, is there a rough rough estimate of how long it'll take before you know I'm I'm back to normal, so to speak? Well, I've been I've been sort of honing this procedure uh, for the last eleven years around the principles of patient comfort. Uh, getting you back to your work uh, uh, and daily activities as soon as possible and around a natural permanent result. So what happens is after the, pr the procedure, the first three days, uh, the patients will have a little bit of what I call homework to do. I provide all the materials, some irrigation saline and some a spray bottle. And essentially what I'd like them to do is spray down the grafted area where the little tiny hairs are, where we, we surgically pl place them. Uh, and, and, and basically spray that area down once an hour while they're awake for the first three days. This rinses away a lot of the serum and other pla and, and, and the crusting and the scabbing that's trying to form there and gets them back to work. You know, ostensibly, most pe people take about four or five days off after the procedure. Mm -hmm. But you can go back to, I mean, I one time I did a, uh, I had an office up in San Jose and a guy came to me as a graduate uh, statistics student, if I recall correctly. Yeah statistics. He didn't want any uh, uh, any sedation during his procedure because he had a final exam that evening. <laughs> he went straight from my office with a head wrap on to take his final exam at a graduate level statistics, statistics I can't even say it, stats course. So um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, the, the downtime depends on kind of your comfort, but typically it's just a few days and it's not really, you're not out of commission mentally because typically my patients aren't taking any, any narcotics. So you can do all sorts of work. And if you can wear a hat to work, like if you're an anesthesiologist, then come on in. You know, I, I I do lots of dentists, anesthesiologists, and because of the fact that to be to call yourself a hair restoration surgeon, you don't need in this country, literally, you need zero seconds of surgery training. Not you don't even have to touch other instrument. You need to graduate medical school and get your medical license. Well, a medical license involves typically one year after medical school in any in internal medicine. You can do a general surgery. There's different things you can do, but there's not really a high level of responsibility given to a guy one year out of, out of med school. That gets you your medical license. So in the field of hair restoration surgery, it's not like ear, nose, and throat surgery, you know, where everyone walks and talks the same. It's different because, you know, my main competitors, for instance, in this city, one gentleman is trained in internal medicine, another gentleman is a family practitioner. Um, it's typically dermatologists that are doing this. So what I decided a while ago, because of my art background, took an art major in college, uh, that the creativity in creating new hairlines uh, was more artistic, much so, much more so than a, a facelift or a nose job, because it, it, there's no there's no guidelines or or um, if you will, you know, landmarks, surgical landmarks for where to put the hairline. You kind of have to be an artist, walk up on someone, 
literally I draw on their forehead and where the hairline's going to go. And it's amazing. I've never, ever, ever seen happier patients. I used to do facelifts. I would do a facelift and a four quad bleft. That's an upper and lower eyelids uh, uh, tightening on both sides. And the patient would come back four weeks after the swelling was gone and they'd look refreshed and they'd be pretty happy. You give someone back their hair? It is a totally different ball of wax. I, I have a disco ball at home. The patient gifts are crazy. They <laughs> custom-made varsity jackets. An NFL owner flew me out for a Monday night football game. Got to watch it in the owner's box. Happy patients. <clears throat> I'm sure much the same way, Dr. Campbell, your patients, when they become and feel healthier, getting more sleep, are, are, are happier. And that's one of the things that I love about my practice is that it, I, I bring a lot of happiness to patients. And I just want to comment on something. Sometimes uh, men, men specifically, will sit in my chair, when I'm in, my, in my office rather, and, 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 and try to say, you know what, I, maybe I don't need this. I think I'm just being vain. It's, it's just vanity. And they kind of beat themselves up a bit. Well, I'm here to tell you there's a, a number of, of, of studies, med medical studies in the psych psychology literature that came out in uh, 1991 and 92 by Dr. Timothy Cash. He proved the fact that if you, having hair or not makes a big, big difference, much more so than bags under the eyes or jowls. It, they did a, 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 a blinded study where they took 30 guys with hair loss who had lost the frame of their face and they had some hair loss. They took 30 other pictures of guys who had hair but were matched to the original set of bald guys uh, in terms of age, weight, race, and relative look. So they had 60 pictures, essentially half with hair, half without. They then brought 100 people into a room and said, hey, we're doing a first impression uh, study. They didn't, talk, they didn't bother talking about the hair. That was the only real difference was the hair. So they'd flash up the, the, the screen, and then they asked, they'd give them 30 seconds, you know, looking at this picture, tell me, is this guy rich or is he poor? Is he smart or is he not so smart? Has he got a cool car? No car. Hot wife? No wife. Big house? Lives in a van down by the river. These are big differences. And what they found in study after study is that if you have hair loss, before you get taken down a peg by people who meet you, you get taken down a peg in literally every category but one. What's that? Intelligence. Lex Luthor? <laughs> evil mastermind no hair dr evil dr evil yeah do we trust him no does he have any friends nah but uh he you know consider we have not had a president with uh visible hair loss since before the television was invented we're talking to dr ken anderson um uh, and and it, uh, i love talking to you uh, it's it's really exciting what you're what you're getting out there because i i don't think a lot of people really think about the fact that i, I was doing some you know reading before we were getting together today and and, you know, there's information out there that, you know, talks similar to what you were talking about from an external perspective. What do you think about this person? But also our own self-image can influence both the choices that we make um, to take care of ourselves. And so uh, it's kind of strange to think that that my perspective on my own appearance might somewhat alter how I choose to live my life and decrease my level of health just because I don't feel good about myself. That you That is exactly correct. I found, I mean, I have countless before and after pictures where you know i the, the patient has in the after photo with the hair has lost 10 pounds uh got a little bit of a tan shaved their mustache i know the guy personally has got a girlfriend uh it's really <clears throat> it makes people very happy i got a, a, one story about a, a patient i'll never forget i'd like to share it's kind of funny uh but it's an example of how happy the you know giving someone their hair back in a natural painless fashion uh can make you uh, this gentleman came in to me. He was 78 years old, and he had quite a bit of hair loss and lost his frontal hairline. 
he was a rather sedate man, rather stoic, and he kind of, this was on Beverly Hills, and he said, um, yes, I'd like to have a, uh, you know, have my hair replaced. I said, okay, yeah, you know, he kind of commits back and forth, and, and then he, he takes out of his pocket, he's like, this is the look I'm going for, and he pulls out a picture, and he slides it across the table. It's a picture of young Elvis. <laughs> this man has sheet white hair. So I said, I started laughing a bit. I said, yeah, that's your girl. He's like, no, I'm quite serious about this. I said, okay, oh, all right. And I told him, I'm like, you know what? I can give you a white pompadour. And so I did. He came back a year later with this. It was, I mean, admittedly, now he's 78 years old. And he's got a, a white pompadour. And, you know, not the most common look, but he sat down. I said, you look great. And, and he felt he looked like he felt like a different person. He told me so. But what what I want to tell you is, he said to me, he's like Dr. Anderson. I want to tell you this is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I said, sir, that that's magnanimous. That that can't possibly be true. You're 78 years old. He was frankly insistent though, and so it yeah, that was a testament to me. That was back in 2004 and five. That was a testament to me. Like wow, this is really powerful stuff. And that's why one of the reasons I you know because of the creativity of it. And my uniqueness in terms of training in this field, uh, and how much I enjoy it, and how much how happy it makes patients. Uh, that's why I stopped doing the face ups. I don't even do Botox. All I do is hair restoration. You know, it, it's funny and interesting to me listening to the two of you talk. And, and we were kind of discussing, you know, who's going to be on the show today uh, before uh, we went on the air. And and I've, we've got family practice, and we've got hair restoration. And it's like, where do they overlap? But but there there is some overlap here in a, in a in a way. And and that's one of the reasons why I was excited to have you both. And that is, a, I've got two people here that are providing care to patients and improving their outcomes through their passion for what they do. But then also, both of you are bringing innovation to what you do and I won't say it's necessarily outside the box but you are you are you're doing things for your patients and doing them in a way that maybe others aren't doing it and you're you're elevating the level at which you approach your area of expertise so I mean that's why I was very pleased to be able to introduce you to folks who don't know about you that you know maybe either dealing with some hair loss or you know maybe aren't as healthy as they want to be and try to find a, a a good primary care physician who can help them get there um you know this is Charles Hall we're talking to Dr. Uh, Ellie Campbell and Dr. Ken Anderson again and you know when when you're dealing with your hair restoration patients who is your patient who, who who's coming to you to say um Help me, Dr. Anderson. Um, I have patients from all walks of life. Typically, with men, it can start as early as 15, 16 years old. That's not the typical patient, however. Typically, the patients that I see are anywhere from 21 years old to 70 men. With the females, that tends to present a little bit later. Female pattern hair loss tends to peak in incidence around age 50, around menopause. So the female population typically comes in a little bit later, maybe around 35 to 65. Then there's a subset of, of patients who have traction alopecia. This is caused by wearing cornrows or braids over a number of years. Uh, and the hairline, uh, especially, you know, this hairstyle is popular in the African-American uh, culture. The hairline actually recedes from, you know, the nice frame to the face that it once was. It recedes backwards because of the, uh, the, the tension placed on, on the hair. If you pull the hair out enough, it's going to stop growing back. Uh, and this, that's a, a totally separate population. But so I'm, that's a growing segment of, of patients who've lost their sideburns and their hairline because of cornrows and braids. We can put that all back. So that's not technically genetic hair loss. So those those cases usually have fantastic outcomes because there's no 
hair loss to start with. Oh, I see. Well, you know, with Dr. Campbell, we talked about, you know, do we work with insurance? And no, that, that you know, we're, we're a direct pay practice. With hair restoration, does does my insurance pay for any of my care or is that is it, you know, patient going to be paying out of pocket? Unfortunately, it's not covered by insurance. As, as it, I think it should be, though. It changes people's lives so dramatically. Um, uh, there are the odd. I did. I've done one insurance case in my in my career. Uh, this, uh, this unfortunate nurse um, had her eyebrow removed by a psychiatric patient's mouth. Mm. Is a polite way of putting it. And so I had a colleague of mine do the soft tissue reconstruction of her eyebrow, and then I took some hair and gave her some hair in that eyebrow, and you know she was very happy. But typically, unfortunately, despite its positive uh, benefits. Uh, psychologically and just in appearance, how we feel about ourselves and how others treat us. No, it's it's currently not covered by any insurance plans that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, you know, we run into that, you know, in our practice as well, obviously, particularly under the elective side of things. Um, and so I thought it would be good for, for patients to know about. Now, if I'm self-pay, are there options for me? Do I have to, you know, in terms of how I can pay for my for my, yeah. for my procedures? You pay for it any way you like. And we have a, an easy payment plan. Uh, we work with a couple companies who will like zero percent interest over I think six to twelve months, eighteen months, eighteen months, and uh, so yeah, there's 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 ways to finance this very easily. We try to make it easy for the patient. It's a lot less of a cost than you think, and uh, and so the the consultations in my office are free. There's I you know I just trying to educate patients. It's not a sales. It's you, you're meeting with me, so. I talk about what the realities of hair restoration, but because of the fact that uh, you know large businesses and companies have gotten into this specialty, it, there's a lot of marketing jargon, words, and, and frankly confusion out there about what hair restoration is. Perhaps more importantly, what hair restoration is not, and about the non-surgical uh, uh, alternatives that are now available only you know only in the last couple of years. Things like laser light therapy, um, in addition to uh, platelet-rich plasma therapy, we offer. You know, Kobe, you know, it's been used in orthopedics now for about 10 years. Kobe Bryant is having it for his Achilles tendon. I know Peyton Manning went and had it before his neck fusion, before his record-setting season. Mm-hmm. Now we're using it in the scalp to increase the uh, the rate of the, uh, the the take of the grass. I want, I really want all of the hairs transplanted to grow. And so the healing and regenerative properties uh, of the PRP are really helping my patients uh, achieve outstanding natural uh, permanent results. I saw on your your Facebook page you talked about uh, there was a there was an article on there that talked about you don't have to wait until you lose all your hair yes. to uh, uh, you know get hair restoration. I mean, for you as a hair restoration specialist uh, with the expertise that you present, I'm a patient that's in the community. I'm sitting here going, man, I just I'm unsatisfied with my situation. What I mean, what would you say your your big message that you want someone to know about if they're trying to de- decide what they need to do with their their situation? If you've got hair loss uh, and you're listening to this radio program, you found your guy. All I do is hair restoration. Um, it's, I dedicated my life and practice to it. It's it's a lot of fun. I, the patients, again, I, I, I limit the volume of my practice, much like Dr. Campbell. Um, I do one surgery a day. I allow at least an hour and a half for consults. I would tell you, I'd say, look, just come on in and let's talk about it. Let's review your options. It doesn't cost anything. and No one's, you know, no one's going to hard sell you. It's, it's not like buying a car. It's, you're buying a highly uh, a set of highly skilled services from a, a whole team of surgeons and technicians. You know, there's a, one major company out there. Uh, you, you know, the one, Bosley. They do hair restorations. They have they spend about 150 million dollars a year in advertising 
really, uh, in my personal opinion, fooling the public, fooling the public into thinking that a hair restoration is something you come come over here for, pay your money, you get it, you bring it home, and you plug it in and enjoy the heck out of it. It's simply not that way. In fact, in, you know, I've seen an infomercial where they they call, oh, it's uh, medically simple. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> it is the it is unique in that you know not only is it uh, you know uh, an elective surgery, but it's 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 not just me. I depend on the team of technicians. It's it's the one surgery, and that's what made me nervous years ago. You got to go to a place that has great technicians because they can affect the outcome of the procedure. But um, I would say to the guys out there and the women for that matter. Just come on in. We'll we'll have a coffee or some tea or some soda water, and uh, and we'll talk about stuff. It's very relaxed, and there's nothing to be afraid of. And even if you decide to do nothing, at least you'll know a lot more because I can't stress enough how much misinformation there is on the web. Lots of marketing words and uh, and, and so forth. So if you want the uh, you know the real deal, the actual news of what's going on, what your options are, because no two hair restoration patients are the same. You, there are options that are available to you that have not been available before. And, and you know, we'll custom uh, fit your a plan for you that, that fits your uh, particular situation in terms of how old you are, how much hair loss you have, and what the underlying causes of that hair loss may be. Well, with Dr. Ken Anderson at the Hair Sciences Center here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a free consultation to sit down and talk about your situation and what your goals are, I can't imagine why you would want to wait to, you know, determine is this something that will help you. So for me, that, that patient that is sitting out in the community, tell me how I can find you. Okay. Um, well, you could find us through our website, which is www.atlantahairsurgeon.com. Atlantahairsurgeon.com. Our telephone number is 404-256-HAIR. That's 404-256-4247. We have a brand new facility with with the robot. I do the robotic surgery right at my office. Uh, It's in the medical quarters building across from Northside and St. Joe's Hospital in Sandy Springs. And... To, to get in touch with uh, uh, us here at uh, Top Docs Radio or um, Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia, I'll give you a few websites and, and Twitter feeds. Dan, did you, you, did you talk about your Twitter and Facebook again? Um, there are uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Flickr. All those uh, accounts, are. there's links on the front page of my uh, uh, website okay. as well as uh, there's a really interesting video. I uh, posted it in September of last year. If you go on my Facebook page, uh, when I performed the very first robotic hair restoration surgery in the state of Georgia, uh, there's this really cool screenshot because of the user interface that I, as the surgeon, look at while I'm operating. So if you want to see uh, uh, sort of the, the doctor's view of working a hair restoration surgery robot, I think it's around September 10th, 8th, 10th, something like that. It's on our Facebook page. So that's a, an interesting place to go. Um, but the, uh, the, the website really is – and oh, we have a YouTube channel. Check out the YouTube channel. It's the link on my page there. You can see uh, me on CBS. You can see a lot of patient testimonials. These are not, they're just patients who, uh, you know, I try to put the videos out there because a lot of guys don't know what's possible. And you can sort of, you know, you can tell these are, these are just patients and, 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 and hear the, you know, the veracity in their tone as they talk about their experiences with our center. And they're very pleased. And for Top Docs Radio, you can find us on Twitter at Top Docs on BRX. Um, hashtag Top Docs BRX. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Top Docs on BRX. And um, for Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia, we're at HBOMDGA.com. We're also on Facebook at slash HBOMDGA and on Twitter at HBOGA. Um, 
please link up with us. You'll be able to uh, find all of our guests there um, with information from their individual websites and social media. So you can uh, get all the information that you need. We're very, very grateful that uh, these specialists took time out of their busy schedules to come and get the word out about their practice to uh, hopefully help you out there in the community uh, looking for uh, help that they provide. So uh, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Campbell for uh, coming out and uh, we'll see you all next week.